Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 114 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter. And Instagram and follow everything built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. It's a takeover at built in Buffalo underscore, giving you the best Bills content out there. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? Damar is home. Damar is home. Tell Alan Saunders, Damar is home. Let Dean Marlowe's name be called until Hyde is ready to ball. We know the playoffs await. Is Atlanta our fate? Damar is home. Damar is home. Hold up your threes. Damar is... Matt, good evening. How are you? What's up, Woody Nation? I, I could have put a hefty Vegas bet on the fact that you were going to do that So Oh, yeah. it's I mean, it Without any itself. prior knowledge. It, it does. It really I, does. I was going to go into, like... I think that when you listen to that song, you appreciate the drama of the beautiful singing like the you know the intro of yeah. coming home but then it's like then just like it hits you in the face like really picks up and i think that's what we're all looking for and i undercut it completely i did not write any rap lyrics to the rap part <laughs> and i kind of disappointed myself in that because even when like when i had the hangover on damar is and i like wanted to just start getting into it but there are mm-hmm. no lyrics for that because how much can i bore the listeners with such you know with such lyrics I right, can't. Right. And I'll never and I'll never achieve I'll never achieve the talent to do so. Right. What a what a week for Bills fans. We'll get into Demar Hamlin's situation, but just an emotional roller coaster for the team and for fans alike. It's been it's been a week, folks. It's been a week. Tony, I don't really have an intro. The only note I have is college football is the worst. Take me there, Matt. The national championship was an atrocity. <laughs> the fact that your supposedly two best teams in the country play to a game of 63 to seven or whatever the end final score ended up being. This is why, and me as an Ohio state alumni who people always like, Oh, you, you follow Ohio state. What do you think of that? I, I don't really care about college football. And I think probably cause I grew up in Buffalo and just have been bred a bills fan since my dad took me to the football hall of fame when I was six weeks old and bought me a Jim Kelly doll. Like, just indoctrinated into this this culture of Bills football and growing up here. Even though I went to Ohio State, I've never been like a college football guy. And I always say when everyone asks me like about Ohio State, you gonna watch Ohio State? No. If the Bills played a meaningless week 18 game the same day at the same time Ohio State was playing in the national championship, I would choose the Bills meaningless week 18 game 
every single time. I just don't well, care about college yeah. football. And and I and I can't imagine a lot of people do after watching the national championship game and the blowout that it was. Give me like three hours of Dr. Pepper halftime throwing challenges <laughs> instead of what I witnessed on Monday night in the national championship. Mm, just people doing terrible statement. chess passes with a football for three hours. I'll take that over what, what we saw Monday night. <laughs> now, do you think, because I'm in the same boat as you, sort of, I would say I am someone who cares about college football. I would not say I'm someone who cares about college football enough to regularly watch it. College football to me is like, if I'm multitasking and something needs to be on, I can put some college football on. Would you say you have any allegiance to any team in college football, Matt? No, even though I went to Ohio State, I don't even feel like I am aligned with them. If you ask me to name five players on Ohio State, I wouldn't even come close. Mm. I think after draft time heats up, you probably will, because Ohio State does have a lot of good prospects this year. Well, yeah, um, draft time, and then I, I research the prospects and look into it, and that I right. like. That's a great point. I am much more into college football from March, April, May than I am during any kind of season from October to January. So, what about UB? Do you feel like you have any allegiance to UB football? No, none. Nor should I. Wow. I didn't go wow. there. I, I live in Buffalo, but that's about it. So you're saying on TV, it's UB versus Ball State. You're completely indifferent to who wins that game. Yeah, I would say that's fair. I, oh of my course God. I want UB to, UB to win because it's Buffalo. Okay, well, and, that's different. Okay, yes. But do, so well, you do, do I care? No, I don't UB. care. These are contradictions. You just said you wanted UB to win. That's care. <laughs> for, for the betterment of the region. Not that I care yeah. about the players winning or anything. Well, yeah, that's it. You want the Patterson Somebody brothers means to be more successful. recruits and more people coming to Buffalo. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Do you feel right. any allegiance to college football? I would say, I mean, I would say I root for UB when the opportunity comes. I would say I'm on, I'm on a sliding scale here of how actively I'm involved with what UB is doing in the football world. If they're particularly good, if they have some really good prospects, then I'm going to find myself being more interested if it's no, like when they like had Cleo Mack. being like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, this year, maybe not so much. I, I didn't find out until after it happened that UB was in a bowl game and I felt kind of yeah, disappointed I know, right? myself. Like I, like I should have known that. It was weird uh, that so they were I, in a bowl game. Yeah. Did you know that before? I didn't know. Like until yeah, that day when I saw the bowl schedule. Right. Exactly. And I remember, you know, years ago when we were younger, they made a bowl game for the first time in so many years. It was like a huge deal. Like we were all watching. It was gonna. It was on. I think it was like covered locally too. And now this is. Yeah, I, think, I think it was the bowl game in like Canada. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, that sounds Independence right. Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think. I think if my memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like we cheer Her Majesty? <laughs> yes, right. Uh, independence from the loony and the toonies. Do you feel like, or the metric system? Do you feel like we cheer for UB as like um, kind of like a. We have nothing else. Yeah, like not even that. Just like uh, how we like want a Make-A-Wish kid to fulfill his wish. Oh, uh, no, I think it used to be that way again when we were younger. But I think the program long ago hit a point where we can fairly recognize it as a legitimate program. Legitimate enough that we root for it just in the college football zeitgeist. That's, that's fair. Yeah. And I do fair when enough. I can. It's also different for me, whereas... Like I went to Fredonia, 
which doesn't have a college football program. So it's like I needed, if I'm talking about college football just as a football fan, in terms of college, you know, people are asking you, what's your college or who do you root for? If I went to a school that had a football program, I'd be all over that. But not having that experience, it's like I have to find something, something that what's I can, Fredonia I can roll with athletically. Yeah, I feel like it's it's so off the wall. Like they have a great billiards team or something. <laughs> How did you know? I, you, you're familiar <laughs> with our billiards team. World-class what, billiards you go, at Fredonia. Yeah, you go upstairs in the Williams Center to one of those billiard tables. You're either the hustler or you're getting hustled, my friend. The standard of excellence is high. <laughs> I would say athletically, well, if I'm talking about success, I this might be inaccurate. The biggest sport in terms of following and fans and we're going to games was hockey. That was the their most notable like, alumni other than you. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh there's a lot of notable alumni. Perhaps you've used tires in your life. Do you, Matt? Have you ever used a tire? I do. Well, Quite often actually. Hey, exactly. Well buckle up because BF Goodrich went to Fredonia. Oh wow. Yeah. Now what a what Matt, a when you name. Were, when you were growing up, did you ever do a worksheet or a ditto in class? Of course. Who didn't? Exactly. I bet you that worksheet came from a little corporation known as McGraw-Hill because McGraw and Hill <laughs> went to Fredonia. Is that where they met? Is that where their partnership became a thing? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I have to imagine, yes. Do you think B.F. Goodrich was like sitting in his communications 101 class and be like, I'm going to get into the rubber business? Yeah. Yeah. I bet That's he was learning it. Yeah, but he's only there learning about the scramble for Africa and how they pillaged Africa of all the rubber trees and made the Africans work for them <laughs> to, you know, harvest all the rubber. He's like, hmm, that sounds very interesting. What am I doing in this place? What else? What else is there to do in Fredonia other than think about African trees? Now you're touching, giving me a touchy subject. <laughs> perhaps, Matt, if I could indulge in another alumni, Please. perhaps you've watched a movie ever because I have. Not Harvey, but Bob Weinstein went to Fredonia. Good save. <laughs> yep, I know, I know. <laughs> could, so, have, could have been Rocky there. Well, Harvey Weinstein went to UB. Oh yeah, I remember. They that. probably, yeah, they probably down so for that. But... You got the good Weinstein. Yeah, we got the good Weinstein. We got the good tires. We got the good uh, worksheets. Wow, those those are some good polls. I'm, I'm actually. I know it's a pretty a strong surprised. lineup, honestly. Pretty yeah, strong. Pretty strong. Pretty lineup. strong indeed. You know who else has a strong lineup, Tony? The Buffalo Bills. You're going to get into that. some Bills. We got playoffs. Playoff week. Playoffs? We made it. Playoffs. You ready to talk some Bills? Matt, I am play on is how I feel. Ready to talk about these playoffs. Let's throw it to Marv. Marv, we haven't heard his sultry, smooth voice in quite a while. So it'll be good to hear him again. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight. Bills go. And we are back, Tony. We start off our Bills review, and we'll get into Dolphins talk with the playoffs this week. But let's start off reviewing week 18. And we start off our game review the same way as we do every single week. With the So Bad It's Good review, Tony's got his notes, maybe taking them on a <laughs> McGraw-Hill worksheet. Oh, yeah, of course. Nothing but the best. <laughs> Tony, here we go. Hit the music. Week 18. With heavy hearts, the Bills returned to the Ralph as the Bean G boys were singing, It's just emotion that's taking me over. Tied up in touchdowns, lost in the smoke. 
What could John Brown do for you? Let's look up his tracking number. 17-END-16-ZONE. As the second stinter caught a bomb. You can't say bomb on a podcast, Tony. But bomb, 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 bomb. Bomb from Josh Allen. While Mac Jones got kicked out of Belichick's circle of trust, meeting the parents, that's I-N-T, parents, Milano, White, and Edmonds. The Patriots kept it close, but ended up writing some Pulp Fiction when Dev Vincent Vagateri told them, did it slip your mind? Did you forget that there was someone on the field with a goddamn rocket arm for a cannon? As 17 and Stefan Diggs ordered the touchdown royale with cheese, as they call it in Paris. Excuse my French, Tony, but the Bills fall so hard. That shit cray. That shit cray. I don't know what that means, but I do know it's provocative and it gets the people going. You know what else gets the people going? The Bills are in the playoffs. Dolphins, here we come. Super Bowl, here we come. Bills win, 35. Cheatriots, 23. Tony, that's the review. So, okay, your last line intrigues me, where you said Cheatriots. Because now I'm reflecting, when was the last time the Patriots were doing anything that was cheating? It was, in, it was during Tom Brady's era, right? Yesterday. <laughs> oh, why? What happened yesterday? Wait, did I miss something? No, I'm just... Saying they always oh, okay. feel like they're cheating. They, it always feels like they're trying. They're trying to cheat. Trying is Tom Brady to... a really good quarterback or just a really good cheater? He could be both. Mm. Interesting argument. No, it's one here. or the other. The man's divorced. I mean, he could be a good cheater as well. Well, he's not cheating anymore. Now he's just now he's just probably just swinging to a lot of Instagram DMs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will say, he could be both. Tom Brady. I mean, I don't really think he's, he's aging a good that quarterback. Well. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, I think he's really like he taking a left turn. He's aging like I was going to say, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, like Tom Brady is aging sideways to me. Okay. Instead of getting like old and wrinkly and decrepit, he's getting like smooth and waxy. (laughs) Yes. Like his bone structure has is very pronounced. See, I think it's I think it's the problem is that it's all bone structure. There's too much bone structure. I feel like all I see is the bones. Right. And it's just like rigid boxes. It's like I took a bunch of Amazon boxes and stacked them in such a way and then put skin over it. (laughs) Right. I feel like it's like not the old bubble wrap, but the new bubble wrap where it's the big bubbles. And when you pop them, it just becomes (laughs) super smooth. Oh, okay. You know what the old bubble wrap, you pop the bubbles and you can still see the bubbles. This new bubble wrap is just smooth plastic tom brady's the new bubble right i know what you're talking yeah. yes of course yeah pop, pop one of those big bubbles and it's super smooth okay after yeah i can imagine very tom brady what we're talking. that's tom brady tom brady's just big old pop bubbles tony before we get into the game let's get into some news micah Hyde, jameson crowder back at practice this week your thoughts your feelings excited optimistic smoke where there shouldn't be any smoke what are mm. you uh what are you feeling about this these potential returns? I'm feeling legitimized because the day before uh they dropped this news that Mike Hyde the window was open. I was like researching. Right. I'm like, can Mike now it's the playoffs, like can and when Mike Hyde come back? I was like looking at the articles, over analyzing the quotes that they said. But then I was like, I'm gonna look like an idiot if I'm the only one talking about this and asking about it. And so I just kind of like laid it to bed. And then lo and behold, the man is back at practice. And then who else is back at practice? Jamison Crowder, who I think is a nice surprise because most of us forgot he was on the team. Right. And now here we are. Very forgettable. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Well, seemingly, yes. Just based on the circumstances of his injury this season and the timetables of it, relatively forgettable. 
but it's cool because you know like i like having a wide receivers room that's a fast guy a tall guy and then nine slot receivers so (laughs) it all works out in terms of a team structure now the perfect roster construction yeah it's the perfect roster construction Uh uh-huh so i'm excited jameson crowder can be back in the fold and obviously micah hyde not a moment too soon for him to come back is the micah hyde return a inevitable and b is the micah hyde return another sort of signal of everything just beautifully falling into place like poetry on a magical playoff run that the universe is presenting to us time will tell we'll find out but that's another that's another notch on the keeping in there i mean if micah hyde comes back that's another proof that this thing is 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 real Right. We're paving right. the road of the God is real. Josh brick said it. God one is brick real. at a time. <laughs> Josh, Josh, if Josh says it, it's true. Yeah. Josh said God is real. So here we are. Micah Hyde's going to be back. Kim Pagula is going to walk again. Oh, with Kevin Everett. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all coming up for the Everyone, Bills. All the, sec- um, all the second stinters. It's insane. Jesse Pagula is going to be ranked number one in the world. She really might be. Yeah. She's actually pretty cool. I think she's three now. Yeah. I think I saw that too. But actually. That should be could be a reality. It's crazy to me because when Micah Hyde was injured, the talk was this might be another Eric Wood situation where he might never play again. Right and now, just to not even thinking about not even playing again, but the fact that he might be back this season is just wild to me. I mean, it seems like he's throughout the season been on the sidelines, been in good spirits, seemingly pretty healthy looking. So to get him back would just be the ultimate boost for a secondary that has been struggling these past couple of weeks. We're going to talk about how they obviously made Mac Jones look pretty good Sunday, but with Hamlin getting injured and suffering what he did to have Micah Hyde back would just be huge to have yeah. both your pro bowl safeties back. There is such a difference maker. It was funny to me because this week, Micah Hyde was like, they were interviewing him and cause he returned to practice and whatnot. He's like, yeah, this is the freshest I've ever felt. And I'm like, yeah, no crap, buddy. Like you, you played right. ten years in the ten years in the league for 18 weeks in a row, getting smashed by 250 pound dudes, and for the first time ever, you have it for three months. Yeah, of course you're gonna feel fresh. I would feel, I would feel crazy fresh too if I was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hope that freshness Robert, has an opportunity to come around. Double the freshness, double the fun, double mint gum. Supplement safeties. Uh, Jameson Crowder is an interesting one because essentially plays the same role as Cole Beasley. Yeah. And when I think about those two, I think I'd rather have Crowder out there. Crowder gives me Crowder's obviously younger, but I think he's a little more dynamic in terms of yards after catch. Don't get me wrong. I like Cole. I think he's a good insurance policy for the injury predicament they've been in throughout the season, especially the later quarter of the season here. But Cole is like a guy who catches the ball and kind of falls forward two yards. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes like just get the first down and live to fight for another four plays. And I love that about Cole. But Jameson Crowder is a guy who can maybe take that inside slant 30 yards and make a move on a DB and get some yards after cat. Like, I think I'd much rather have Jameson Crowder if it is a toss up between which slot receiver I would prefer out there. Of course, my ultimate preference is the he wolf. And the He-Wolf did make an appearance Sunday in a big way. But mm-hmm. if you're talking Cole Beasley and Jameson Crowder, I think I'd rather have Crowder. I would say I agree with you, and here's why. Cole Beasley is 
if he is, and I think the kind of jerk kind of that the jury is out, but if Cole Beasley is who he was in the past two years, then he's a great Dable slot receiver. Right. To me, Jamison Crowder, for all the reasons that you've already stated, is more of the fit as a Ken Dorsey slot receiver, more of a yak guy, reliability, and then dish it to him so that he can do his thing. Cole Beasley's thing is just, you know, getting the job done with grit, determination, with a football heart. Jamison Crowder is, and as an athlete, so much more so than Cole is. Like a true, he wants to be an athlete. He is an athlete. He wants to be an athlete. He wants to show he's an athlete. Uh, so I think that in this system, in this regime, yeah, I want to see Jamison Crowder out there too, as long as it all works out. What I'm thinking is, I mean, is Jamison Crowder on the team? Like this offense has gelled in whatever sense it has without Jamison Crowder. So like, right. it's almost, I don't know. I There's a superficiality to Jamison Crowder being out there. And I'm like, this isn't like, part of me just wants to dance with the girl we came with. And then Jamison Crowder, it's like, oh yeah, I guess. Who's the girl like, we came it's, with? It's Shakir. Yeah, I guess you're right. Shakir. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't twist my arm. You're threatening me with a good time if you want the He-Wolf out there, because <laughs> I do want the He-Wolf out there. What's the prom queen, if you want to continue the metaphor? Right. She it's like, been here all year. Exactly. Don't give me this she's all that floozy who comes in at the last minute. And like that Cole is Beasley. Crowder? Oh, that's Cole Her Beasley. Crowder. Could be See, both, I guess. Cole, Cole Beasley is the never-been-kissed Drew Barrymore, pretending to be a student, pretending to be that. Right. He-Wolf is like the sophomore that came back too hot for her own good. And then like a senior is bringing her to prom. And then it's like, well, wait, like I get that you're super popular, but it's obviously just because like you got way too hot, way too fast. So we've all been there. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is Jameson Crowder is the feel good story. Jameson Crowder is the, Oh, this person just came back from injury. They're such a hero that they're going to hit the prom dance floor in their like on their crutches. Let's vote them in for Queens. Nice. With their with their cast on. They're like, yeah, like, exactly. Let's yeah. Let's have a casted queen up there. Exactly. So, so really, I think there's only one fair vote for prom queen for slot receiver prom queen in this situation. And I have to note to everyone, I do not feel comfortable having the word slot and prom queen in a sentence as part of this. <laughs> Highly inappropriate. And I'm probably gonna be like flagged or something with this. But <laughs> The FCC is going to come after us. Yeah, there's only, I mean, there's only one choice. There's only one fair choice. It's its the face of the franchise himself. If we're going Evil. by this logic of like what everyone means to us, it's Isaiah McKenzie so, is prom queen. So yeah, I guess it is McKenzie in the long mm-hmm. run here, even though I feel like he's the one that's let me down the most. <laughs> he, he's he's well, the girl. Just I, like I, the prom queen. I, <laughs> he's the girl. What do you I, think high school you is? Up, you break up with like 12 times over, but you... you you can't break away. You got to keep coming back mm-hmm. to him. Exactly. And I mean, that, that, that's like a kind very of a <laughs> truly. Yeah. That's kind of like a fitting metaphor too, because like for all the disappointment Isaiah McKenzie has brought us this year in terms of mm-hmm. what we thought he could be. And it hasn't materialized into that. I keep coming back and being like, man, we should get McKenzie the ball more in jet sweeps. <laughs> Let's utilize him in the proper way. And he could be effective here. I don't know. I just keep getting sucked back into this McKenzie bubble of like, he could be a game changer, but it's never going to happen. I have to say, I probably agree. 
<laughs> and it wouldn't, I don't know, maybe it's going to happen now. He, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen maybe. now. Maybe he'll step it up for playoffs. Maybe it could. Before we get into the Dolphins game, the playoff preview, let's talk about the Patriots game. Tony, it was all about three, all about tomorrow. Great response throughout the league. Teams painting the number three on the field or outlining the number three on the field. Saw a lot of pregame prayer circles and people coming together. The DeMar shirts throughout the league. Uh, just great response from the league. You were at the game Sunday. Just take me there. Put me in your shoes. Put the listeners in your shoes about the atmosphere, the emotion, just the the vibes of, of being in that stadium during such a tumultuous week, coming out of a tumultuous week as it was. What did you experience Sunday? Matt, if you watch the game at home on your television the demar hamlin stuff the intro you probably had a much more touching experience than we had in the stadium oh, really interesting to be honest with you i'm kind of critical of the bills in terms of what they did i think that there was an insane okay. amount of pressure on them uh to you know step sure. up and be the cornerstone of everything that we saw of, of all the teams doing of the league doing you know there's a, a very heavily weighted questions. How what will the Bills do? How will they show to demonstrate their love for DeMar? It was okay. It was, <laughs> I would say I would say I was a little disappointed. I don't know what I was expecting, but it did not meet whatever expectations that I had. To the extent that I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I get in there early because I feel like everyone's going to try and get in there early to see what the Bills have in store for us. So I wanted right. to like, you know, sort of I didn't want to get stuck in the in line or whatever. So I get up there and they're super early. I'm really appreciating all the signage that I see, all the fans, especially the corner to the right of the tunnel is really stepping it up. That's what I believe has now become iconic. The like Hamlin in the white cutout letters was. Mm. Uh, if you saw that image, I'm sure you did. So I'm like looking at that. I'm kind of like, have my eyes focused on what the fans themselves have done? I'm focused on the details. Whereas the play clocks were set to three all during pregame. The first down markers were set to third down for the pregame. Love for DeMar graphics all over the screen. And then they acknowledged the training staff. Just kind of had them stand in a line, made an announcement. They took some pictures to a lot of the press. Then they gave us a, an announcement about John Murphy. And I was like, oh, yeah, John Murphy also experiencing something. He had a stroke. And I'm right. like, mm, stroke recovery? Boring. Give me to bar. Got to step up here. So then he announces it. I'm like, all right, players are going to come out of the tunnel. And I'm hoping, you know, what we saw on Twitter, the idea that the training staff is who would be introduced out of the tunnel, which I would have loved. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and they did not introduce individual players. They just said, welcome the Bills. 40 of the 53 came out. And then the last bit came out with a carrying and waving love for DeMar flags. And I'm like, oh, wow, they got flags. I was a little unhappy that, okay, so I mean, I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt so far that like, you know, it's only been four days. I can understand that in four days, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to put together? Oh, I don't know. They were able to get these flags going. I feel like they could have given us some. They could have given us something. The fans. You can get the flags. You could do some more. Whatever. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm saying. If you can make flags, you could have. You could have made me a little towel. You could have made me a little flag or something. Whatever. Right. Anyway, it's not about me. But then the flags, and they're just like, okay, let's get the game started. And I'm like, oh, that was it. 
the flags. This is like the big thing that we're, that we're breaking out to psych me up. And then LaShawn McCoy came out and did a great job, kind of saved the situation a little bit, said, put your threes up. And I think that was an important speech uh, or an important move for Shady to do when he said, put your threes up, because that introduced th- the, the threes to our crowd culture. Like I saw UB had done it. Some places mm-hmm. had done it around, like we're putting our threes up to start the game by doing that. And then, then that became something that we would do throughout the game. So at least that was an important integration uh, for us to do. But yeah, I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of expected a bigger move by the Bills. But I understand it was only, you know, a few days for them to put anything together. Really what I would have loved, Matt, is the corner of the Jumbotron just to basically be a live feed into DeMar's hospital room us watching DeMar watching the game, like a YouTube reaction video. That's what I would have wanted to see. Right. So overall, Matt, to answer your question, was it emotional? I mean, yes, but nothing would have beat the anticipation of how emotional it could have been after the roller coaster of a week that we all went on. I, it never would have sufficed. It, nothing, it, it never, never would have lived. Would've... It was an impossible task. It never would have yeah. lived up to. Yes, it was. What we all thought it should be or could have been i'm with you though i said earlier in the week when we started getting news about demar's recovery and he's off the breathing ventilator and holding hands and writing things and speaking and he sent a message to the team i i really thought we would have got a video just something before kickoff just him on the jumbotron with pre-recorded selfie video just saying like hey it's Demar Hamlin go Bills you know just something mm-hmm. simple I, I I really was surprised there was nothing but then it got me thinking maybe they're saving it for this week where he is actually there leading the charge out well Fred Jackson is leading the charge or so we've been told so we've been told but, like Fred could yeah yeah but they could drop a bomb but do, on us I suppose but do you think I don't really think that's safe of someone after someone who just went through a major cardiac episode, but whatever. I don't think he's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be like sprinting out there, but a, a slow walk as the crowd applauds and yeah, and like yeah, the energy I guess is right. just palpable. I just close my eyes and I see like that, like Demar in front and like Josh Allen with a hand on one shoulder of Demar's and Sean McDermott with a hand on the other shoulder and the team kind of like in a flying V formation, just kind of fanned out all behind DeMar walking out out of the tunnel. Like, shh, I might have to stop his podcast. I'm tearing up here, Tony. That visual, just if you picture it, it's just surreal. You're really turning into the Bills into like a religion here. Like the when you were describing that, where my mind went is, you know that like outrageous uh, painting of Trump and it's like Jesus is behind him. <laughs> yes. And you're just like, what is this? And that's like, that's kind of what I was picturing. Like, this is the stupidest. It's like, yeah, like, what is this fantasy world situation here? And then, like, that's what I'm picturing. Like, the existential power of Josh Allen being transferred into Damar Hamlin. But yeah, that'd be great. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be ridiculous at all. Uh, or, or yeah. like, he steps out and then, I don't know, like, turns around and, and all the guys run past him as he's cheering them on or giving, I don't know. I just feel like they didn't do the video thing this week because they're setting it up for him being there for the playoffs. 
I don't know. My two cents. I don't know if they would have been able to anticipate how medically sound he would be at the time that they were planning it. Yeah. And that's why I think I'm not holding on to hope. I don't think I would anticipate, but I would hope for and maybe think it would be nice. A, a video message on the Jumbotron would be cool. And I think reasonable. I think that would be not to like belittle anything he possibly, but I think that would be like minimum or minimum of what I would expect yeah. like, for a guy who just like went through a life altering experience to do to do yeah. anything would be amazing. But I kind of do expect at least a video for some reason. What if it's a video like WWE style? Like, yeah. It's a video and then nobody thinks he's like there. And then all of a sudden he appears like out of the tunnel. And that would be largely possibly realistic because the video to be produced would take time. But then it's like all of a sudden it's, hey, also I'm home. I I can come if you need me to come. And it's like, oh, hell yeah. We'll introduce you after the video. I I mean, we know we people lose their minds. I know we hear about the need for a new stadium and the structural issues that the stadium has. Yeah. Yeah, the structural integrity of it. One of the three hundreds is going down if that happens. Yep, absolutely. And for my for my sake, I hope it's the dark side because something is going to collapse, <laughs> and I don't I don't need to go through any concrete pits. I'm I'm kind of thinking that'd be like pretty hilarious if they did it WWE style. The team is out there, and all of a sudden, the jumbotron is in the back parking lot, and a limo pulls up. And like, yeah, yeah. Jamar oh, yeah. steps out, and like, like they're he's just the so, rock oh, I'm or like. I'm thinking like they're just showing like feet walking, like they're never showing his face. And then it's just like hands up. I see. I was going to take it one step further. I was going to take it. We see DeMar released from Buffalo general. And then we follow him as he heads down 190 and 90 to the stadium. And then all of a sudden him walking into the stadium and then pan out of the tunnel. He walks in the, the Goo Goo Dolls better days is play. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God! Yes, that's exactly oh, what we are be playing. Painting the picture, we are painting the picture. Yeah, we are. You're that man. That just like that really upped it. If the idea of Better Days is playing when he comes out and he's wearing his live, gown. the Goo Dolls are live playing. <laughs> oh, it. Yeah, oh my yeah, Johnny, gosh. Johnny is in the house. Johnny is just at midfield on the red stripe <laughs> playing Goo Dolls. Oh live. my God! Jamar walks out. They would. Did, it did would be, the Jaguars game this past week. No, no, what happened? You, you didn't see the guy doing the anthem? No, I think I he saw something like, like about this, but he looked like, uh, I don't know, like, oh, Ron yeah, Jeremy's, I did. I know what you're talking Rod about. Rod Jeremy's like poor brother yes. in the electric yes, guitar. I know, I know what you're talking about. A very Florida image, a very Duval image. Yes, 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 yes. very Jacksonville. If there was a mm-hmm. personification of Jacksonville, it was that gentleman, but that, yes. that could be a Johnny Resnick this week for at the, be, at the Ralph. That would be unreal. It would oh be it would be the second time in our lifetime that the game had to be called and not played as a do not contest because no one would be able to handle it. No. All babies right, so would go, be Bills. like yeah, babies would be born premature, cars would be being flipped, Orchard Park would descend into anarchy over what a move that would be if it was all set up like that. We gave you the blueprint bills. You just have to make mm-hmm. it happen. It's very yep. easy. Yep. Very, they better be very easy. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Reson's not uh, doing anything. No, he's not. Of course, he's not. No, think any of the Google Dolls are doing anything right now. No, no it's not in not. January. The only thing Johnny Resnick's doing is trying to make his 
55 year old hair spiky still hmm. yeah he looks great successfully looks hmm. great local hero he's, he's aging better than tom brady is he i don't know i don't know but they're both aging nice aging we should be nice because we're talking about a potential future guest who tom brady yeah and johnny resnick have them on together be, wow okay you make that happen. have your people call it their people Tony. okay yeah tom brady's easily accessible so should be all right i always wanted to pose that to potential guests of like Hey, wouldn't it be cool if a mega celebrity came out a small local podcast? That would be like kind of ironic, wouldn't it? And see if like anyone bites. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like put someone in the alt comedy world in here and like, yeah, I'm into it. Like, hey, Bill Burr, wouldn't it be funny if a big time mega celebrity came on a local podcast? What are these? (laughs) You know, I don't know. Can you call our podcast local? I mean, we're available worldwide. We're global. We're global. This is a global podcast. Where do you think our further, where, how far away do you think the reader, what, what do you think the furthest listener is? Or where do you think the furthest listener is? Uh, we, we do get some uh, likes on our tweets from uh, Bill's Mafia Netherlands. Oh, man. Which I appreciate. Shout out to the Netherlands. <laughs> the Dutch? Yeah. Who's the Dutch? Love you, Netherlands. Now, then who are the Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> What's Howard that? Boy, let's talk about the Patriots game. We can't talk about the emotional factor without talking about Naheem Hines taking the opening kickoff for a touchdown. I could feel the crowd energy through the television screen. Literally, we talk about painting a picture, writing a story. There was no better writer for this story than Naheem Hines and him taking the opening kickoff. What an incredible moment that I thought just was it was surreal. It was uh, any, any adjective you could use. I, I couldn't believe it. I was just like in, in shock and awe <laughs> watching it occur. Also a little mad that I was 90% confident. So I was 10% oh. unconfident that he might drop the ball before he got to the end zone. Oh, that never was crossed my it mind. Out. But what a moment when they do the NFL films documentary with the guy with the cool voice and all the, the mic'd up coaches and players. That's going to be must-see television just everyone reacting to naheem hines opening touchdown absolutely it was the most i think outward jubilation i've ever uh demonstrated while in the stadium except for taron johnson's interception return like and the only reason that that had more jubilation is because we had the space like I had the space to jump up and run up and down the aisle yeah, and stuff. Gonna, I was say, no there was only ten thousand people there. Yeah. Right, right. So because I had the space, I could really explore my feelings. To really explore, but, yeah. But, but this one, man, I was jumping up and down. Like I, I vividly remember having it in my head. As soon as he crossed the fifty, I stood up and I was like, "No!" And then as he's at like the fifteen to ten, I'm just jumping up and down. Soon as he crossed, I'm like holding on to a group of people just like in a circle. You know, if you can picture like just three guys with both arms around each other in a circle, just like jumping up and down, screaming, kind of like <laughs> rotating as they jump in right. that sort of fun, fun celebration. That's what was going on in our seat. Every, and, every uh, bro group has experienced that when they win a uh, a beer pong game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair you enough. Just got to circle and, up and jump up and down. Yeah, circle up, jump up and down. Just the, the, Just the pure... Just the pure joy being expressed as we scream into each other's face. It was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. I didn't think it was going to happen. Y- you're right. Like until 
I, I didn't think it was going to happen until way later. I'm like, this could not be happening, but a lot of jubilation. And then the second one, Matt, the second one, my reaction was just pure shock. It was not a reaction like the first one at all. It was just pure shock. I cannot believe yeah. this is happening twice. Naheem Hines, for all the shit that we've talked about him. You know, and I will say, our podcast maybe has a lot more power than we think it does. If you're talking about our listeners domestically and abroad. I mean, we were not nice about Damar Hamlin, and now he's a damn American hero. We were critical of Naheem Hines, and now he's just over here breaking records. Who's next? Next. Who do we Probably wanna... all the slot receivers because we have them all, you know, fucking in the bathroom at prom. At our craveless. <laughs> what are they doing in the bathroom? I don't know. That's their business. I'm not here to select it. It's their business. Anybody. Yeah. This is like a GI you Joe. Know, prom is, prom is a magical you know. night for everybody. Okay. Prom is a magical night where a lot of magic happens. Knowing is, half, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. That's true. What this um, chaperone doesn't know doesn't hurt anybody. Let's, let's hit rewind for a second. I mean, we even talked like shit about DeMar Hamlin. We just criticized his coverage ability. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a problem with his overall play. I, I think he has, brings a lot of good stuff. Like he's a great That's true. He does bring box. a lot of good stuff. I think what we. He was put in an impossible sure. situation himself by having to substitute for an all pro safety and having to play up to those yeah. standards. I mean, he's he's done an admirable job filling in uh, this season. Uh, and he has he has some assets that are, you know, Tabash are really good, but he's he's got some weaknesses. That's that's all we say. It's not like this like oh, this guy is the worst. No. I think that we yeah, may, I mean, talking shit is an overgeneralization. I think that what we we're more critical of maybe is the choice of like, this is who is expected to take over for Hyde and do the Hyde thing. I think what we were more maybe critical of like, like you said, the roster construction of the safety collaborative of the safety team that we're going to say like, we're okay, Demar is going to step in when maybe he's someone who would need a lot more support to the point where maybe we'd be better off with someone a little more well-rounded back there right yeah that's fair that's all we that's fair. maybe all we said yeah that's all we're saying that's all we're saying that's all that's all we're saying, um, that's all we're saying. but relax that's all but we're an, saying. Ama- an, an amazing moment both kickoff returns but especially the opening one seeing and i don't know if you're able to see it at the game or on a replay but seeing the emotion on the sidelines from mcdermott and allen and just everyone dorsey in the booth was just uh, again i think the only way to describe it is surreal we love josh allen obviously we love how his spirit animal is the corny 50 year old dad at uh, chaperoning his kids dance and trying to be cool if you could put yourself in like anyone's emotional mindset it's josh allen whether he's sitting there angry at his play or uh going through a traumatic event such as he did witnessing what happened to Demar hamlin to that opening kickoff when he's just kind of like like a little kid on Christmas morning who can't believe he got a an Xbox, putting his arms up with this giant shock face, like, oh my God, is this actually happening? I love the picturography of of the Josh Allen emotional, the faces of Josh Allen in terms of emotional <laughs> feedback or whatever you want to call it. I, I just love watching Josh Allen's emotions like play out on the screen. It's really fun. <laughs> I mean, he does have a lot. I, th- I think that for 
a quarterback, there are a lot of like iconic images that we know of the faces of Josh Allen, like the BDI Josh Allen, I think is the most prominent one that sticks out of my mind. Right. Smiling Josh Allen, angry Josh Allen, yelling Josh Allen, pointing Josh Allen. So many, so many faces of Josh. A lot of Josh Allen. Clean shaven Josh Allen from a Gillette commercial. But he, but he is like a little kid. It's, it's, it's very funny. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. It's the best. He's the best. He is the best. He's the best. He did a lot of Josh Allen-y things this game. Not the, not the best game from an overall standpoint, but you, you have to put that to the side for the week they had. For them to just come out Sunday from an emotional standpoint, as we mentioned, from a physical standpoint, because they didn't really practice all that much that week. And if they did, their minds were not 100% on football, understandably. So I feel like any criticism we have of their play could kind of just be pushed to the side this game. Because of the circumstances. Good, good point. I hadn't even thought about it, but yes, you're right. Like if they look sloppy, that's understandable. Yeah, abs- I, I think absolutely. But Josh did uh, bring the big plays this game, which they've kind of lived on this year. They've been a, a kind of boomer bust team. Good to see Smoke Brown get back in the action. I feel like that's what you get him for. That's the reason you bring back a John Smoke Brown, a guy like him who's just pure speed to have a play like that. He's, he was probably the only one that could make that play where Josh rolls out points for it to him to, to go up the field and just drops it in on a dime. I, I know it's the same thing when I watch like any team Deshaun Jackson's on. Like he won't do anything all game, but he'll have that one deep pass where you're like, oh, that's why they got a guy like that. So mm-hmm. uh, John Brown definitely fits that mold. And then just... The touchdown pass to Diggs was quintessential Josh Allen, arm cannon, dismissal throw. That thing was a thing of beauty, poetry in motion. Only a quarterback like Josh Allen can do that. So now the question is, as we go into playoffs, do you think they turn it on? Because for a good two months, this team has gone through stuff and a lot (laughs) of stuff at that. Two blizzards. More than two months. Yeah, since the second half of the Packers game where they just haven't looked right or haven't put together a complete game. Oh, I was going to say, but off like, the field, they've gone July. Yeah. <laughs> off the field, though, like injuries to important players like Von Miller, uh, two blizzards, you know, three games in 12 days on the road. <laughs> like, do you think Dawson Knox's brother, Kim Pagula? Well, yeah, that was all over the summer. I'm talking about like the last quarter of the season here. Do you think they're in the right state of mind going into the playoffs? Do you think like now we're going to see the switch flipped and be like, oh, here's the Bills team that we saw through the first four weeks of the season where they just destroy the Super Bowl champions, even though the Rams weren't as good as many predicted this season or a team that like looks really good against the Chiefs. Those teams put together like complete games. I feel like they looked good in all facets of the game. We haven't seen that in a while. Do you think now is the time when it kind of all comes together? I mean, you hope so. It's the playoffs. But what's your state of mind going into the playoffs here with this team? Do you Are you worried? Are you confident? Do you think all this stuff, I don't, I don't want to say crap, but all this negativity that has gone on the past two months, Adversity. both on and off the field, is a thing of the past and they can put it behind them and play up to the standards we no, they can. Uh, I think the adversity does not bother me or concern me. I think that adversity like that is why 
you put together, you look for the types of players that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott look for uh, in terms of character, in terms of dedication, in terms of mindset. The thing that, mm, how I approach your question regarding the, uh, like, will the switch flip? I think one man controls the switch. And to flip that switch, it's Ken Dorsey. Because, you know, if we look at when they put together complete games, like you say, in the past, in the playoffs, they step up in those big moments. A lot of that is the way the offense is called and executed. Ken Dorsey, very different play calling personality, very different goals, very different vision for um, for the offense, very different like blend of the old way and new way and kind of just like different sets of preferences. I think, I know Ken Dorsey wants it. He's a competitive guy, but will does he have it? You know, does, does he have it to call the game right like that? Or will it still be conservative will it still be the other mindset i don't know time will tell that's kind of what i'm thinking when we finally get to it and it might not happen this week i hope it doesn't happen this week but when we finally get to it that we have to really just put our talent on display and roll out and just you know play mistake free football the way ken dorsey calls it going to be enough and that's what yeah. That's what we're going to see. I hope so. I mean, but it won't matter because like Mike part... Hyde's going to get like four interceptions anyway by the time that happens. So, <laughs> And Jamison Crowder is going to get 160 yards on 12 catches. Yeah. Um, and he's going to lose his virginity. So, Yeah, that's right. I mean, we talked about this in the past of like the Bills, especially on the offensive side of the ball, holding stuff out of the playbook or not putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Part of me kind of like still feels that way is like, Come Sunday, like part of me feels like we're just going to see like this whole not new offense, but just this whole different approach to the game for some reason. I, I don't know why. It's, it's like I feel like the coaching staff knew this team was good, knew they'd get to the playoffs, knew the talent was said, there to succeed. We're going to said let, leave a chapter of the playbook just for the playoffs. Right. Like, let's not obviously coast to the playoffs because that would be impossible, but let's not open up the full capability of this offense until we, we really want to showcase it in the playoffs and put it, it's all on the line in the playoffs. There's like 10% of my brain. That's like, yeah, that could happen. It could. I, I, it's crossed my mind and I would be into that. I would love that. And it would make we're sense. We're going to see I jet think. sweeps all of a sudden. And we're going to see not that there's like trickery involved. Like there used to be in, for example, in the Texans playoff game when, you know, mm-hmm. Josh was rolling out for passes and stuff and, not to throw passes, but to catch passes. I don't think, I think this team and the talent has evolved past trickery, but, and I guess it's because of the opponent we're playing that I, I think this way, because as I stated the last Dolphins game, I kind of am, am jealous of the offense the Dolphins run with like Tyreek Hill always in motion and always pre snap movement going on and different looks and things. The Bills haven't really showcased that side of an offense, and maybe they don't have that side of their offense. But they have the talent to have that or something similar to that. So maybe they just have held on to it. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Little I'm guessing I'm all wrong pocket. about this. <laughs> We're just going to see like the offense we, we've been seeing all year. I got to say, I'm hoping you're right. And I have been. No- I did notice that from time to time. Like, yeah, there hasn't really been any trick plays this year. Like that kind of sucks. I would like to see a little more creative in the mix i'd be excited by some creativity in the mix so we'll i don't know time will tell i hope we see it i hope there's some cool stuff that they have in store uh in their back pocket but i hope that 
really what I hope is just kind of that the offense is a little bit more both efficient and aggressive in that efficiency. What I really want to see is just like some bullets. I really just want to feel like it's an unstoppable train. Right now, I feel like that it's a, it's just like, you know, a lot of plays have like a high likelihood of working until the defense breaks down enough that James Cook can just like break off huge chunks. But I'm hoping it's really just like, you want to see the wild card game from last year. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Basically you're right. I guess that is what I want to see. (laughs) I think we all want to see that. That's very fair. Uh, Speaking of the offense and kind of the train being derailed or kinks in the armor, if you will, Tony, we speculate on a lot of conspiracies, this podcast, and one we have been floating around the past two months or so, and that is the one about Gabe Davis needing glasses. And there was just more evidence to prove us right this past week, this past Sunday, as uh, Gabe Davis once again had a ball, literally hit him in the hands, and he could not come up with it. Tony, I know we I know we're ridiculous a lot of times and our conspiracies are ridiculous, such as the Queen Bee being pregnant as to why Josh is struggling or any of the other ridiculous conspiracies we come up with. The Gabe Davis needing glasses one, I think, has the most clout, the most chance of being real. I mean, it has, this isn't the first time it's happened. It happened in the Jets game. His catch rate is atrocious. It's like I think he's like a seven percent drop, which is one of the higher in the league. Uh, he had 10 targets. He came down with like three this past Sunday. Tony, I don't think it's a physical thing. I don't think it's a mechanical thing. I think it's an eyesight thing. Wow. And I think that's just okay. kind of domino effect into overcompensating. For example, if you are a baseball player, how do you typically catch a pop fly? You hold your glove above your head, one hand and catch it, right? But if you can't see the ball or the ball's a little blurry, how do you compensate by catching a pop fly you catch it as if you're like cradling it right you put your glove down so you have some kind of secondary instance of like oh if i bobble this at least i can like catch it with my arms or like i think that's what gabe davis is doing like the ball is blurry to him so he can't high point it anymore he has no depth perception so he overcompensates by putting keeping his hands low and kind of cradling the ball or catching it with his body now because he can't mm-hmm. see the ball. It's wild. It's ridiculous. But when you look at this past season and look at these plays in slow motion, especially these these catches that or these balls that have hit Gabe Davis in the hands, his hands will be in one spot and the ball will be like six inches over from his hand. When I say the man has no depth perception, I kind of believe it. And the facts are kind of there. I just think he needs an eye test. And it's and it, it's just like me. When I was in third grade, the chalkboard started getting blurry. I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to accept the fact because I didn't want glasses. I didn't want people to make fun of me for being a four eyes or whatever. But you got to accept it. And maybe that's where Gabe Davis is at right now. He just doesn't want to accept it. He's still the new guy. He's still the cool kid. He's the new hotness. If you're Will Smith, men in black. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's time to accept. Like, maybe you just need glasses, Gabe. That's all I'm saying, Tony. I mean, I have to counter your conspiracy theory because well actually no well what i was about to say i'm like he's surrounded all the time by so many health professionals like they would intervene and say like you got to get this figured out i think that the most likelihood is how many times i feel like it happens every season do we learn about an injury afterwards sure so i'm every gonna time. be kind of keep <laughs> yeah every time right 
So I feel like we're going to kind of be keeping an eye out for that as a possibility. I feel like I'm kind of going to be keeping an eye out for a theory that I personally have of like all of the, like all of the studies that came out this semester surrounding long-term effects of COVID. We know he's not vaxxed. We know what it can do to your brain. <laughs> what I'm saying is his brain is not what it used to be. Uh, oh, and that's geez. kind of affecting the situation. Gray matter, it's important. Or my leading theory is always my leading theory, Matt. Brittany's pregnant. Gabe Davis, the father. Whoa. Oh, wow. Mind blown. What a Shyamalan twist that would be. What a what an M. Night Shyamalan that <laughs> I'm throwing in there. I shouldn't really throw shade that way, especially with like those Twitter rumors that someone tried to start for no reason. Right. I, mean, I believe in Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, and Brittany to all be quality members of the community. I feel like no receiver should have 10 targets and three catches. Like that is insane yeah. to me, let yeah, alone so, I know. a perceived wide receiver number two, even though I think we've kind of come to the uh, conclusion that you know, maybe that's overreaching a little. Maybe he's he's not there yet. Maybe he never will be there. Somebody put on Twitter, Gabe Davis's stats compared to Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the Chiefs, who's their fourth, fifth receiver. And they're exactly the same. And we've mm. kind of always said that. I've always, At least I've always said that when Gabe Davis came on the scene as a rookie and has continued in his Bills career here. I've always said, like, I don't think they're trying to make Gabe Davis a good number two receiver. I think they're trying to make him the best number four receiver in the league. And maybe that's his ceiling. Maybe that's, maybe this is it. Maybe he's a 40 to 50 catch guy, 800 yards, probably above average in terms of touchdowns. I think he ended up with seven this year. And and if that's the case, fine. Like I'm, I'm not mad at it. You just got to accept the fact, or maybe, maybe he just needs glasses and he can become the number two receiver. We all hoped and thought he'd be. Yes. I mean, if he ends up being number four, the offense was a lot of fun when he was number four. So that's cool. And then that would also open up for, you know, what I hope or for what we hope that we're going to draft some big time receiver in the first round. So that would be pretty fun too. I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of talent at wide receiver, so it'll fall into place as it does, but really, you know, who needs a shot? He will. I think so, so I too. Mean, I think so too. I think he does. Yeah. When he pops, he pops, right? Like one catch only, but 28 yards. Extended a drive. I think the he wolf needs to be uncaged here. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Yes, we got to uncage the he wolf. And maybe this will be like he will, you know, like we always saw out of uh, Isaiah McKenzie, like flashes, like every eight games, he would have like a huge game and it'd be like, man, right. this guy just looks incredible. Like, what are we doing? This is like the greatest athlete I've ever witnessed with my eyes in my life. And then like he gets a chance and kind of like, you know, farts it out or whatever. But you know, maybe that maybe we're just waiting for Khalil Shakir to be like to show us that. And then we're going to be like and then, you know, and then everyone's going to be like, hey, that goofy uh, Winnie Not Funny podcast was right the whole time. And we're like, yeah, we know. We know. Yeah, you're right, Tony. I feel like there's always one guy too. like every playoffs who comes out of nowhere. Last year was Gabe Davis, obviously, with his performance in KC. That Texans playoff game is Devin Singletary. Like, there's always one under the radar guy who kind of pops in the playoffs and it could very well be i think it's going to be james cook honestly because he's kind of cemented himself as rb1 if you will even though i don't like to silo them in those terms but but it could be very well be shakir like he could be a, a big surprise so hopefully 
the he wolf he wolf movement begins in the 2023 NFL playoffs here. Tony, the other only other note I had about this game was kind of feels like Trey White's getting back to his former self. He had the interception, obviously. This was his best game, I think, since he's been back, which can only bode well moving forward to get that guy some confidence. I'm, I'm really glad he got that interception because I think it was a huge monkey off his back in terms of the mental aspect of coming back and the mental aspect of performing up to you know the standards he himself set with his play pre-injury. So I think that interception was huge. Him getting right and playing up to his all-pro level can only be a good sign going to the playoffs. So that was the only other note I had. Trey White seems to be progressing in, in the right way moving into the playoffs here. I found that noteworthy as well. And I thought the interception was a huge help. But I, I think overall, yeah, he had a nice game. And I think that was that was a monkey off my back. Like I was relieved. I'm like, oof, yes, Trey is looking a little bit more like his old self. And that's what right. we need in the playoffs. That's We don't want that in the playoffs. We need that in the playoffs. We need it. We need it. We need uh, it. Tony, of, co- of course, the Bills will be playing our rivals, the Miami Dolphins, in the wild card round this coming Sunday. Oh, breaking news. Tony, breaking news. Naheem Hines okay. won this week's MVP award. Oh, really? Yep. Big news. Finally, the blimp big. is coming home, baby. <laughs> big, big win. For Naheem Hines, congratulations on the blimp is being named home. the MVP, the most coveted trophy in all of athletics, in all of sports. Congratulations to Naheem Hines. Well-deserved. Uh, Tony, moving into this playoff game, though, which is not the Nickelodeon game, unfortunately. We're playing the Dolphins team we're very familiar with. Feeling confident? I feel much more confident knowing Tua's out, which is the absolute right move. So as much as the Dolphins and independent medical staffs and their team medicals have messed up to his season with the concussion nonsense doing the absolute right thing in my opinion by holding him out uh, for his long-term health they're doing the right thing thinking of the person not the player which is absolutely right because for all intents and purposes Tua seems like a good guy I don't have any problem with him so I'm, I'm glad they're they're looking out for him in this instance and focusing on the name of the back of the jersey not the one on the front so mm-hmm. the bills will see i'm assuming skylar thompson rookie who is not a good pro was not a good college quarterback at kansas state either but do we do we catch a break here tony because when the final seedings fell as they did the dolphins were kind of the one team i didn't want to face and this is under the presumption that Tua would have been playing which i didn't know before wednesday i assumed he was going to play our past two meetings have not been cakewalks by any means. One score games each game, game winning field goal from the Bills, the final seconds. The last time we met, this is the one team I don't want to play, didn't want to play. And even though they have Skylar Thompson at quarterback, and even though it's a much easier task because of that, they still kind of scare me. And I think it's because number 10 is someone we have to go through again. Terry Kill is giving us problems every time we we match up with him and we just can't seem to get away from that guy, whether he's on the Chiefs or the Dolphins. Our path always seems to run through him. I don't know. Those wide receivers scare me. Offensively, they're a team that typically can keep up with the Bills because of those wide receivers. They shown last game that they can run on the Bills with Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, I'm not crazy about this matchup. It's a much more 
ease with Thompson at quarterback, but still a little nervous. How are you feeling? I would say a little more confident than you. I came into it. Yeah. Of the three teams that we could have ended up playing, uh, assuming we had won against the Patriots. Yeah. The Dolphins would have been my least with the team I was least interested in, you know, and the, and the most concerning team. I gained confidence throughout the game, seeing and checking the scores on what's happening in the Dolphins Jets game. And just seeing that neither of those teams could get their offenses together doing anything. So I'm like, oh, well, if this is the Skylar Thompson experience, sign me up for that next week. So I think that they always, they've brought it this season, though. It has been a struggle this season. I'm not taking their defense for granted. I'm not taking their passing game for granted. I'm really happy that they're experiencing less than ideal health in their run game, but I'm still not taking it for granted. I, I think the game is going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate. I agree. But I still feel really good about it. Yeah. I think in in the end, I I hope in the end, talent wins out in the Bills. I I believe are easily the more talented team, especially when you compare the two quarterbacks. I've always said time and time again throughout this season, the Bills' toughest opponent will be the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're their own worst enemy. They're the, the one team that can beat the Bills are the Bills. So if they avoid stupid mistakes, dumb things, I mean, for example, in the Patriots game this past Sunday, after the Diggs touchdown, they had a handle on that game. It seemed to be put away. And then Taiwan Jones, who listeners know I'm not a fan of, gets blocked into the punt and gets the ball right back. to the... They just do dumb things at the most inopportune times that just they shoot themselves in the foot. And McDermott even said it. In a press conference, I don't know if it was after Sunday's game or earlier in the season, like how they shoot themselves in the foot. So if they don't do that, if they don't have billsy things, I think they'll be perfectly fine. But again, the Dolphins kind of set the blueprint in terms of how to beat the Bills last game. Kareem Mostert, 17 carries, 136 yards, controlling time of possession, keeping Allen off the field, using play action. That's why I'm like, I know Skylar Thomas isn't good, but the way the Dolphins offense operates, it's all timing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Tua I don't think Tua is a good quarterback. He's just kind of comfortable with the system he's been put in, which is all timing. And that's why I got so mad the last time we met the Dolphins is because the Bills defense did nothing to disrupt that timing as the Chargers did the week prior when they played the Dolphins, which the Chargers absolutely destroyed them because they did two things. They disrupted timing by being aggressive at the line on the receivers and they made to a throw outside the numbers they made him throw a blank through the field when he doesn't have a strong arm now skylar thompson has an okay arm not not josh allen level obviously but i don't think the game plan changes i think you jam these guys at the line disrupt their timing i was watching some skylar thompson highlights and breakdowns this week and he looks like a third string quarterback i mean He's literally going to his hot read every time. And if he has to go through his progressions, he's kind of toast. So how do you do that? How do you make him get off his hot read as his first his first read off the snap? You be aggressive and you throw the timing off. Yeah. I think that's what they gotta do. And and that's what kind of worries me too is this pass rush has been the Bills pass rush, that is, has been noticeably different since Vaughn went out. And that's gonna happen. Vaughn's a an all pro player, future Hall of Famer, a game changer. But I don't feel like other guys have stepped up. Rousseau's had a nice season. 
FNS, I thought has been okay. I'd like to see him take the next step, but and Shaq Lawson's been, been pretty good. But in terms of like pure pass rush ability and finishing plays and getting sacks, and I, I I don't know if the, they're meeting where I was the the bar I was hoping they they'd meet. So that kind of worries me. I'm worried that the Bills are going to stick to their zone, kind of bend but don't break, play off of them, let Skylar Thompson make mistakes, defense that they do. And the pass rush won't be able to generate much because I don't really feel like they have these past couple of weeks ever since Vaughn's injury. So this game does concern me. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be closer than, than a lot of people think. I think it is. And I think you said it a lot is going to depend on how our front seven steps up in this. And because and it's very hit or miss. You know, some games were just like some games were getting, you know, pressure, but there's really not like sacks are not really a big part of it. And some games just at Oliver's just like destroying, you know, lighting it up. So we'll see. But I think that's going to be an important piece to this equation for us. Do you think Ed Oliver's been the most inconsistent guy this season on the defense? I don't know. Inconsistent? I'm trying to think about. I, I feel like he's either that, but... he's either dominating or he's just completely not noticeable. No, yeah, I can't. There's I, no in between. I can see that. That is that is how I feel like it is with that Oliver. As of late, I think early in the season he was a lot more consistent. We were like, "Oh, I do too." I think mm-hmm. that was a, I think that was a product of Vaughn being next to him. But oh, that's a good point. I, yes, I think I think a lot has changed since Vaughn went out, and I think mm-hmm. it's most noticeable with that Oliver's play. Yeah, you're right. It's been much more prevalent in in the later part of the year here. It also worries me a little bit that the Bills have been on the right side of so many close games to end the season. You know, starting a with good the point. Brown, start, starting with the right. Browns game, like all these one-score games, the Bills have been on the right side of it, picking up wins. They've had seven straight wins now. Mm-hmm. Usually, things fall back to the mean <laughs> in terms of like winning close games. So that that kind of scares me a little as well. If this this game's closer than we expect. I just get nervous. <laughs> I, well, I would be I a mean, nervous wreck come Sunday. Of course, but I mean. If we look at the past two months as an example, the bill between the Bills and the Dolphins, the Bills have been the team that have usually figured it out and figured out the win, and the Dolphins have been the team that imploded and could not figure out the win. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope you're right. Give me a key to the game, key to victory, Tony. What are you looking for to secure the win Sunday? Is it, if it's a player to step up, an X factor. If it's a group of players, what do you think is going to be the key to winning our opening wildcard game here? I think it's going to be can, you know, who I who else I think has kind of been inconsistent or maybe even consistently poor too much is Elam. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a huge factor because Dane is kind of meh lately, I think. And Trey a little bit of a wild card because he's coming back from because he's coming back from his injury. So I would say like the biggest factor is are our corners going Just to that second be able safety to... spot? Yeah, I mean, like Marlo Marlo is such a like question. Yeah, that's mark. a good like, point too. Which is weird. I used to really like him too. I feel like he's not playing the position he like used to play. I feel like he used to be like um, I I wouldn't even say like Taron Johnson's position, but he was much more in the mm-hmm. box as a disruptor now he's kind of trying to play free safety Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different 
different look from Dean Marlowe. But the secondary is concerning. I mean, they haven't looked great for a little bit. That Bengals game, the Bengals drove right down the field opening drive. And as has been kind of consistent for the Bills, especially in the later half of the year here, giving up opening drive touchdowns and then kind of settling in throughout the game. But that secondary against the Bengals just got torched that opening drive. And yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a concern for sure. It's definitely a concern with the dynamic receivers that they have. Yeah. Just, so that's kind of what hope, I'm looking for is going to be the edge. I just hope they they be aggressive with it. Like, just be aggressive with them. Once right. again, like Skylar Thompson is he's a one read guy. If that hot read's not there, he's he's kind of panics and doesn't know what to do. So you get you got to be aggressive. You got to disrupt the timing. Mm-hmm. I'll give you two words to my keys of the game or key of the game, and that is Dawson Knox. Last time they played the Dolphins, Dawson Knox, mm-hmm. maybe his best game of the year. Six catches, close to 100 yards, a touchdown. He scored a touchdown this past Sunday against the Patriots. And I think he's kind of found his his role in this offense the the last month or so. And he's kind of that role has kind of been what we expected him to be in this offense as a weapon for Josh Allen, obviously, but a guy who can be an ultimate mismatch no matter what he's on. If he's on a cornerback, he's obviously bigger, more physical. If he's on a linebacker, he's quicker, he's faster, he's more athletic. Mm-hmm. I think that guy is going to be huge a huge part of the game plan Sunday and he's going to need to step up. Uh, I expect big things from Dawson Knox this game. I was thinking about that too. When you asked about like who will be the surprise player of the playoffs. I was wondering if like, Ooh, maybe Quentin Morris, like that would be really Ooh, fun. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. If Quentin Morris ended up being the big surprise, but yeah, similarly Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris gets, get, get it going. Any other thoughts about the, the playoff game, Tony, that you're feeling going Just, into Sunday here. No, just win. I feel okay about just it. Just win. Just win, baby. L just Davis. win. So, and I feel like, in a sense, it's kind of like, at this point, it's kind of like we have to win it for Micah Hyde. Win it for Micah and for Damar. So he can and come for back. Kim and for Luke and for everybody. Yeah, but like we have to we have to win it for Micah. Yeah. We have to win That's, it so Micah can come back. Yes, exactly. And then Micah comes back for the Bengals game, replacing mm-hmm. the guy that went down during the first. Right. Man, like again, the the storybook just writes itself, Tony. It's poetry. That'd be great. But yeah, just win. Go out there and win. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care what injuries the Dolphins have. That's the other thing that scares me too, is like the Dolphins roster guys that have typically like been troublesome to the Bills. I mentioned obviously Tyreek Hill, who's always been a problem. But like in the past, like Gasicki has been an issue in a couple games. Melvin Ingram, I feel like always is a guy who just gives us trouble, whether he's on the Chargers mm-hmm. or the Steelers or the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Or, like it just feels like Melvin Ingram is always a thorn in our side. So I feel like they roster a lot of guys that are just like, oh, this guy again, kind of vibes. So that scares me too. But the Bills are the better team. They're the more talented team. They're going to have a ton of energy. Home field advantage, obviously. And the Dolphins are limping into the playoffs, literally losing, what, five of their last six, six of the last seven. The only win coming last week against a Joe Flacco-led Jets team 
and they only won 11 to six. Like they didn't score a touchdown that game. So, and that's with all their stars playing Waddle Hill, everyone. I mean, they needed to win that game. So they went all out. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how Mike McDaniel deals with the bills. The third, third go around here. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories in this game and hopefully the bills can write the dolphins final chapter and send them home on Sunday, but it's, it's going to be edge of your seat. I think it's going to be closer than we think, but you know, the bills are the better team. They just need, they just need to show it. They just need to yeah show that, that they're the cream of the crop of the AFC here and not shoot themselves in the foot, not be their own worst enemy and go win. Simple as that. It's not a hard game. Simple game. Really? My prediction is at, at halftime, we'll be looking each, at each other and saying, what the hell is going on? And then by the, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, we'll have seen them turn it on as we've seen many times this season. It'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to this is going to be like, we're going to be fine. We're rolling down the hill now. We're going to be fine. This game is fine. That's my prediction. I of how hope, it's gonna I hope by out. halftime we're saying that we're going to be fine. <laughs> well, be I nice. hope I hope that too. But yeah, you know, just go in, Bills. Just your 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 destiny's team. Go on, yeah. go on and show it. Tony, what do you say we wrap it up, though? I would love to. You okay? Good. I'm glad. Uh, I have. I, I, I have really uh, love to. <laughs> I have some more Fredonia alumni to to look up here afterwards. Oh, so we all do. Let's wrap it up. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just five dollars. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsors. Always traveling growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, traveling growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Uh, t-shirt store, apparel store, podcast store, whatever you want to call it, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Support the podcast. Gets a, get a cool piece of clothing. Definitely get your friends talking. Uh, if you want to be the cool person in your group, a way not funny piece of clothing will do that. Hoodies, T-shirts, long sleeve crews, tank tops. We got it all, all colors, all sizes. Check out the store, teespring.com. Search way not funny, all one word. Where you can find the podcast, you can find the podcast, as always, on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. iTunes, Spotify, search way not funny, all one word. Search Built in Buffalo. If you like us, subscribe, leave us a review, show us some love. The Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, wherever your fine podcasts are listened to for free. Tony, Twitter handles, where can the listeners find you? At Tony Ambrose, at Tony J. Ambrose. I got a lot of handles. Ambrose. Got some burners Tony. that I will never reveal. <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl, you have to uh, reveal all your burners and then instantly delete. Fair. Oh, oh, that's a deal I'll take. All right. <laughs> you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Woody Not Funny Sports, Facebook, TikTok. Follow us. We love connecting with the Buffalo sports community, Bills Mafia, Sabre Stores people out there. Give us a follow. We'll follow right back. Sharing the love. Other than that, Tony, send off for the listeners. Go Blue Devils. Oh, Blue Devil. Duke? No, Fredonia. Oh, Fredonia's. I didn't even know they were the Blue Devil. Well, I learned something yeah. new tonight. Oh, Blue the shores Devils. of Old Lake Erie stands our alma mater true. I would do also, the whole alma former, mater, but I'm not going to. We're wrapping this up. Also, former... Uh, Bill's training campsite, right? They were at Fredonia for it was. a hot second. It was when we were yeah. little, hot second for like 20 years. Yeah. When we were little, that's how it was. Did you ever go when you were little to Fredonia training camp? No. Mm. I, I went once. to Fredonia when I was allowed to go to Sunny. So when I was 12. Oh. 
Right. <laughs> of course. Uh, and as I always say, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Just win, please. 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 Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and every, most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.